This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. And talking about the Holy Spirit and His help, so I'm going to recap a little bit, and then we're going to roll on to what I want to call the benefits tonight, and uh, the benefits of being filled with the Spirit. So, all born-again believers, if you are born again, you are born of the Spirit, you have the witness of the Spirit, and you are sealed with the Spirit. And so we, some people, again, have said that if you didn't, if you didn't have the Holy Spirit their way, that you weren't born again, not true. But there is a different dimension of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the Holy Spirit being in you, indwelling you, and then also the Holy Spirit being upon you. The word baptism means to be immersed, and so to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. So Acts 19, I want to just go over that real quickly again. Acts 19 was Paul. It was, a, it was a great pattern. Paul was talking to some disciples. He found some disciples. He was at Ephesus. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? That word receive is key. And they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is the Holy Spirit. And he said, and to them, what were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism, I was John the Baptist. And Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, there's that word, upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesy. So we talked about the fact that Paul asked a very interesting question. He said, have you received the Holy Spirit when you believed? Indicating that when they believed, obviously even though they were born and sealed and, and indwelt by the Holy Spirit, there's a different dimension. And so he was asking them, had they received the baptism, the immersion in the Holy Spirit? They, they were a group that did not know who Jesus was, and so Paul enlightened them. When they found out then they were baptized in Jesus' name. We do that all the time here. We do it at least three or four times a year, and we'll baptize people. And then Paul laid hands on them. You know, you never lay hands on someone to be uh, born again. Now, we've done altar calls. Actually, I, I believe it was in the uh, 20th century that really altar calls began to take place. And people would come down, they would walk an aisle, depending on how you were raised. I was raised Baptist, and they would, they would walk aisles every, every Sunday. We had red carpet, a picture of Calvary behind there, and we would sing until the pastor felt like somebody needed to come. So we're going to sing one, verses one, two, three, four. I don't know how many, how many stanzas just as I am had, but it was a lot. And so you could sing that waiting for someone to walk an aisle. Uh, the, the, the walking of the aisle, nothing wrong with that. It's, it's a public profession. Actually, the public profession, it really is baptism. And in some nations right now, if you are baptized, that's when families disown you. You see that a lot in India. Because when you're baptized, you're identifying with Jesus, with his death, with his burial, his resurrection. So that's when it takes place, so it's with baptism. Now, when, someone, when we pray for someone, we don't, we don't lay hands on them to receive Jesus. Most of us do not. I, I receive the Lord walking across a field in Carbondale, Illinois, June 6, 1978. Walking across a field, no one laid hands on me. No, there was no aisle, no carpet, no just as I am. I just walked across the field and said, Jesus, I know you're real. I know I've been running from you. I, I need you in my life. And was born again right there walking across the field. Some of you were born again in here. Some of you were born again, friend, someone witnessed to you. Maybe you grew up in church and you were born again, but no one had to lay hands on you. But you can lay hands on Paul laid hands on these folks and the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, when I was 19, I went and sold books for a company called the Southwestern Book Company. Anybody sell for them just out of curiosity? Usually there's, there's 
There we go. Door to door. Door to door. Yes, sir. Door to, they recruit college students. They sell them on this idea that they're going to send you to an exotic part of the country and you're going to make a lot of money selling books door to door. And uh, the, the making a lot of money was true. You worked about 70 hours a week, six days a week. You worked, I, I hitchhiked to work, I walked the whole time. I, I was, it was not exotic. They sent me to Carbondale, Illinois. Anybody ever been to Carbondale, Illinois on a vacation? One person, thank you. I don't, I, I don't, two people have been there. Is that a place you want to go for vacation necessarily? No, it is not. It's, an, it's a nice town, but you don't want to go there for a vacation. It was not exotic. And so I was walking across the field in Carbondale. I, my mother had been filled with the Spirit back in the 70s during what was called the Charismatic Revival when all across denominations, people started getting filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking with tongues. We were Baptist. My mother was filled with the Spirit. She decided to share that with her junior high Sunday school class. And some of those girls started getting filled with the Spirit, did not go over well with the, with the Baptist church we were part of. And so we actually left that church. I asked Mom, I said, Mom, did we get kicked out? She's like, no, we didn't kick out. I said, well, we left. And she said, well, we just thought it'd be a good idea. So we, uh, <laughs> we were gone. But I remember that my mother took me to some meetings. My mom was hungry for God. And she just, she just kept saying, she kept bugging the preachers going, I just believe there's more. Any of you ever felt like that? You got born, you get like, I just feel like there's more. There's more. You know, you know why you feel like there's more? Because there's more. And so she kept bugging the, the pastor. She said, you need, she said, there's more than more than like, no, no, you got all you got. And she's like, no, she was hungry. Well, she went to a Catherine Kuhlman meeting in Greensboro, North Carolina. And Catherine Kuhlman, you might ever know who Catherine Kuhlman is. Interesting, interesting evangelist. And, and people used to make fun of her, but I watched people get out of wheelchairs in her meeting. And so pretty exciting stuff. But I remember when I was 14. So when I gave my heart to the Lord, I remember being in, in the Baptist church that I was in. Nothing wrong with the Baptist church, but this one had some dryness to it. And I remember that. And I remember the full gospel businessmen's meetings that my mother took me to on Saturday night in the K&W cafeteria. I was 14 years old. But I remember whatever these people had, it was crazy. But they were full of life. And I thought, so when I got born again, I thought, I, I want some of that. So I went on a quest. I said, I, I thought there's more. Yeah. So I started asking people about being filled with the Spirit. Well, I met a group of people, and I'm, I'm knocking on doors all day long, selling books, knocking on doors. Met a group of people. They were real nicely dressed, and uh, they let me come in, gave me a, you know, a glass of water. I'm sitting down talking to them. Man, they were dressed to the nines. All the ladies had long hair and long dresses. And uh, they told me they were Pentecostal. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Y'all know about the Holy Spirit. They're like, oh, yeah. I said, where y'all going? They said, we're going to a meeting. I said, can I go? I just invited myself. <laughs> I don't think they really wanted to take me. I really was not dressed appropriately. And, uh, but they took me anyway and then left me. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they took me and kind of got me there and then abandoned me. And I was like, well, here I am. And so I don't remember much about it. I'd never been gone to a Pentecostal. I remember they yelled a lot. And uh, after it was over, they said, who wants to get, who wants to get the Holy Ghost? But I thought, that's why I'm here. So I, I troop on down to the front. Now, they didn't tell me anything. They said, kneel down there, hard floor. I just kneeled down on it. And I'm just waiting for something to happen. So somebody came over, prayed for me, said, son, you need to let go. So, okay. 
I didn't know what to let go of. <laughs> so I'm just telling the Lord, Lord, I'm letting go. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm letting go. I'm letting go. Letting go. I'm... Stood there for a while. I was the only one there for a while, so finally the, the hang-on people came and talked to me. So I had been letting go, but now I need to hang on. So they said, you need to hang on. So I'm like, all right, I'm hanging on, but don't quite know what I'm hanging on to. So I'm just, I'm hanging on. Finally, they were all going home. I'm the last one there. And I remember, I didn't get anything. So I just, I stood up and I was, I was, I was disappointed, but I was resolved. I remember I, I kind of set my face like I said, this is going to be a journey that I'm going to receive which actually was not bad. I didn't get discouraged, didn't give up. I'm like, it's going to be hard, but we're going to get there. So I'm walking, walking knocking on doors, and I met, I, I met all kinds. It was funny, guys. I hitchhiked every day. And it seemed like the Lord would send somebody by, and then the enemy would send somebody by. And I'd have people witness to me, and then people smoked dope with me. And so it was just <laughs> back and forth and back and forth. It's like, Wow. So I met these, these people, and, they, and I told them, I said, this one lady's like, oh, son, you need the Holy Ghost. You know, I, I'd rather call him the Holy Spirit, because when you say Holy Ghost, my generation thinks of Casper, <laughs> the friendly ghost. And so maybe you think of Ghostbusters, and so the Holy Spirit actually is a better name. And so they said, you need the Holy Ghost. I said, well, I've been trying to get the Holy Ghost. They said, well, you need to go see this couple. And they told me who the couple was. I had the address. I walked all the way across town, West Frankfort, Illinois, knocked on the door, lady answered the door. I, just, I said, hi, my name's Alan Clayton. I understand you guys pray with people. I came to get the Holy Spirit. And she, she looked at me, she laughed. She said, why don't you come back after six tonight when my husband's here and we'll pray with you. She said, and you can receive. I thought that was good. She said, you can receive. So I'm 19 years old. I was serious though. I fasted the whole day. For a 19-year-old college kid to fast I was at that, and I was the guy that could eat two Big Macs, large fries, a hot apple pie, one milkshake, and then eat later on that night. I was a, I mean, anybody remember being a bottomless pit? You could just eat and eat and eat. Those days are gone. I don't do that anymore. But man, I fasted the whole day. I'm like, Lord, I'm serious about this. I am serious about this. Well, I came back, and man, they weren't yelling. They were real calm. Came in, they sat down, and they gave me scripture. They said that they shared a scripture out of Luke about you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. And they said, son, all you got to do is just receive. We talked about that last week. Just receive. And they laid hands on me. And, uh, and I prayed and asked the Lord if I could receive. Spoke with other tongues. I didn't fall out. No lightning flashes. Nothing big. I, I just remember being filled with the Spirit. It was a great experience. And I remember I was, just, I was excited. And so I, I prayed in the spirit all the way home because here's what I thought. This was the thought. Some of you had this thought. If I stop, it will go away. Don't just look straight ahead. If that's you, just look straight ahead. If, if, if I stop, it's going to go away, kind of like it has a shelf life on it. And so I'm like, wow, what happens? But then I had to go to sleep. So I, so I had to stop. And so the beautiful thing about it is it, it doesn't go away. And you can pray in the spirit. You don't have to wait till you have a, a moment of, of just euphoria. You can pray in the Spirit anytime you want. Because once you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, Paul said, I will pray with the understanding. I will pray with the Spirit. I'll sing with the understanding. I'll sing with the Spirit. So you have the ability to do that. And so, you say, I don't, I don't have to feel a thing. 
And so I, that, was, that was my experience. But I remember I didn't have anything to hold on to. That's why we, we gave you all these scriptures. Why? So you can have a basis that when you come down here and to, to be prayed for, you don't have to go through histronics. You don't have to, you have to give up a bunch of things. You don't have to fast all day. All you have to do is come down, just like receiving Jesus. Say, Lord, I receive the Holy Spirit. Thank you for filling me with the Holy Spirit. Then open your mouth and he'll give you utterance and off you go. So you say, well, I don't, Alan, I don't want that. I don't think I want those tongues. Yeah, you do. You really do. Because if you understood all the benefits, and that's why I want to talk a little bit about the benefits. If you understood the benefits, you would really want this. Because it, it absolutely will revolutionize your prayer life. Revolutionize your prayer life. I won't ask for a show of hands of people who have sometimes just felt at loss for how to pray. But this is a key way of how to pray. So uh, let me give you some, some of these benefits. No spiritual downsides to this. There's not, there's not a downside to being filled with the Spirit. Many people have been filled. I've never heard anyone come to me and say, Alan, I, man, I regret being filled with the Spirit. Never heard of one. So first one is, and I'm going to run through these. First one is the power to be a witness of Jesus. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Remember, that's come upon you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Here's just a great thought. If those who walk with Jesus for three years, if they needed more power, how much more do we need more power in our lives? And so they're saying, they told, this is Peter and James and, and John that he's talking to. He said, you guys, he said, you need power. And so that's the first one. Here's the second one. It builds us up spiritually. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Uh, he who prophesies, someone speaking with an inspired utterance, can edify the church. It can build the church up. There's an element of prophecy with a lot of preaching and teaching. It's inspired. And when it's inspired, how many of you can tell when it's inspired? You've come here before and through a worship series and through the message. How many of you can say honestly, man, I came in tired, but I'm leaving stronger than how I came in? You ever had that happen? Well, you just got built up. And so the idea behind it, he said, he that prays in a tongue edifies himself. If I'm speaking in English and I'm speaking by inspiration, it'll edify the church. Speaking in tongue edifies yourself. And actually the word is the Greek word that we would say today would mean to charge. It's like charging a battery. When your battery runs low, you have to charge it up. And so praying in, in the spirit edifies or builds us up spiritually. That's a powerful thing. Here's the, here's the next one. Speaking directly to God in prayer. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. You say, well, if I speak mysteries, what's the benefit of that? It's not a mystery to God. I know that's deep, but just think about it just for a second. Nothing you're going to say to him is a mystery to him. It's a mystery to us. It's a mystery to our understanding. So I'm speaking in the Spirit. I pray in the Spirit. Say, so do you pray in the Spirit often? I would say just almost without fail every day. And so does Joy. And, uh, and so does her prayer team. And so does our staff. When we pray for you guys, we pray in the Spirit. Why? We're speaking directly to God. We're speaking things actually beyond our understanding. I was praying for you guys today. People that were coming. I don't know all of you. Some of you know me, and I, I realize that puts me at a disadvantage. I see you staring at me at restaurants. You're like, 
I wonder if he's drinking. No, he's not drinking. That's all right. But I don't know who you are. But guess who does know who you are? That's not a trick question. Who knows who you are? God. Very good. Very good. He knows who you are. He knows you're going to be here. And I'm praying. I'm praying for the people coming. I said, Father, help them. Strengthen them. Enlighten them. Then I just prayed the Spirit for a while. I said, what are you praying? I don't know. It's a mystery, but it's not a mystery to God. I believe I'm speaking directly to him. And it helps. Amen, Alan. That's good. I like that. I like it too. That's really good. Here, here's the deal. Um, We're not praying with understanding. Look in, look in 1 Corinthians 14, 15. I know I'm throwing a lot of scriptures at you. I want you to see them. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. And I'll also sing with the understanding. No, she said, I will. I can do either one. I can pray in English. I can pray in the Spirit. I can sing in English. I can sing in the Spirit. Joyce said she loved being filled with the Spirit because she never could remember the words to the songs. So she just sings in the Spirit because she can't remember the lyrics, but you can, you can sing in the spirit. You can, you can, well, some of the best times I, I was a sales rep for years. I drove around all the time. I had some of the best times in my car praying and just praying in the spirit, driving down the road. It was wonderful. People look at you and say, well, people think you're crazy. No, everyone's got Bluetooth now. So they just think you're just talking on the phone somewhere. I just talking to the Lord, having a wonderful time. But it, listen, my understanding, I don't, you say, well, if my understanding doesn't know, what's the benefit? I'm still speaking to God. And I'm going to get to the last part is, oftentimes, this is how enlightenment comes. You're praying in the Spirit, and ideas begin to come, or they begin to float up in you. This is how, this is how I will, I promise, this is how I get every message I ever preach in this church. I pray in the Spirit. And ideas begin to come. If you ever noticed, I may have repeated text. I've never repeated the same sermon in this church in 25 years. I'm not not bragging on me. I'm just telling you, the Holy Spirit, who is incredibly creative, has great ideas. And so I I don't have to recycle. Some of you are clapping because you've been in churches where they recycle, and I understand that. But... We don't have to recycle. Take the same text. Don't have to take the same message. never has to be that way. God's word is fresh. It's real. And it speaks to the moment all the time. So, so that's, that's, that's a benefit. But that's a benefit. I'm not that smart. I know pastors right now that talk about spending 30 hours preparing a message. 30 hours. I'm thinking, Lord, I'm so glad I don't have to spend 30 hours. Because if I spent 30 hours preparing a message, I'd probably be angry. And y'all get a bad message. Okay, here's, here's the next one. It helps us pray in line with the will of God. Look, oh, this is good. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercessions forth with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's in the Greek that means inarticulate speech. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God, praying beyond our limited understanding. When I got saved, well, I actually came back to the Lord in, in 1982. I was down in, um, I was in, in Lakewood Church. Lakewood Church had a group of people that went out on, on um, Friday nights and witnessed, and they went down to Montrose. I'd never been to Montrose before. We didn't have Montrose areas where I grew up. It was an eye-opener for me, trust me. And uh, I got down in the Montrose area. One night I, was, I had been witnessing to some people, and I walked past a, a restaurant. It was some type of Asian restaurant. 
and there was a lady who was she double doors. She's on her knees and she is she's doing this, just crying in agony. She could just tell. And there's someone standing over her. I'm 22 years old with probably more guts than sense. And so I run to the door thinking maybe this guy's beating her. And I run up to the door and I remember walking in the door and it's like walking, it was like walking into a movie set. Someone had come in with a gun and had sprayed that place with a gun. There were people lying, there was blood all over the place. There were people just lying there shot and moaning. This, this lady was moaning because people were shot. It was horrible. Sometimes in a situation like that, your mind goes boop. And just automatically, I just begin to pray in the Spirit. I just begin to pray in the Spirit. Why? Man, the Holy Spirit helps our weaknesses. I, I didn't know what to do. And I said, I, I'm not, look, I'm just from North Carolina. I just moved to town. I didn't know how to handle Montrose, much less shootings on Montrose. And there I'm standing out there in the middle of a bloodbath, praying in the Spirit. Listen, not only does the Holy Spirit help us when we don't know what to pray, but how many times have we hit situations with our families, with our loved ones, with people we know we don't know what to pray for? We get calls. I got a call one night that says, my sister's gone into the hospital. She's gone in the hospital, and they don't know what they're going to do with her. They don't know if she's going to make it out. And, I, man, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to do. I sat down. I said, Lord, I don't know what's going on with my sister. I need you to help her. I need, and I just began to pray in the Spirit. I'm praying in the Spirit, and just, it just came up in me. She's fine. She's going to be all right. So I got up. I'm done. Sure enough, she got out the next day. She was fine. She was all right. I've had my children. Huh. I can't tell you how much I appreciate being able to pray in the Holy Spirit if you have children. Oh, man, you need to pray a lot if you have children. But how many of you know sometimes with kids, kids, kids leave and they, they go out and you just sense something's not right. Something's not right. One night, Michael went out. And uh, it was Friday night. He called and said, hey, can I go up to this game? He was in high school. Michael's my youngest. I know you only think I have Matt. There's, there, there's, there's Matt, and then there's Christina, and there's Michael. Christina and Michael learned by watching Matt so they didn't get near the amount of trouble that he got in. <laughs> but Michael's my youngest. Michael was, he called me, he said, I want to go to a, to a football game. And I, I said, well, what'd your mom say? She said, ask you. I said, fine, go. So he's gone. I'm up here in the church. And, and he's, and all of a sudden, I got a really bad feeling about it. He didn't have a, I don't think he had a cell phone on him at the time. I'm not, I'm not sure. But man, I had a bad feeling. Ever had one of those? You just like, something's not right. Something is not right. So I just sat down. I got a chair in there. I just sat down and began to pray. And I prayed in the spirit. And I prayed. Little did I know that Joy was feeling the very same way back where she was, back at home. And she began to pray in the spirit. And then we just got a sense that it's okay. He said, what were you praying? I don't know. This is where we have to trust that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, who can give us this word. I don't know. I don't always know what it is I'm praying about, but thank God. I just got a peace, and we got, I got a call later. And Michael was trying to get onto the freeway and went right into the side of, a, of an 18-wheeler and, and then bounced off the side, but you could see the imprint in his car when he got home. I don't know what had gone on but I trust that the Holy Spirit alerted me and helped me pray about the situation. Does that make sense? 
sometimes you don't know and you just like, and so you can just run out of stuff to pray in English. Guys, this is one of the biggest benefits to me. I mean, you, you've seen this church. We're, we're not big on histronics. We don't do wild things. People aren't running around here with banners and tambourines and there's no snakes and there's no weird stuff going on. But, but, there is a supernatural. There is a Holy Spirit. God still does miracles. He still does amazing things. And we can still tap into some of them. Listen. Without being so weird that no one ever wants to show up. Like I said, you've never had a bad experience with the Holy Spirit. You've had a bad experience with people who claim what they were doing was the Holy Spirit. You've never had a bad experience with him. He's a complete gentleman. If you're like, I don't want it, don't worry about it. You will not get it. Because the Lord doesn't force anything on us. If he did, he'd force salvation on us. And we'd be all in the rapture by now, in the millennium. So he helps in that area. He helps us in those areas. And I realize I'm rolling through these. But this is key. Learn. Uh, it stimulates our faith, Jude 20. But you, beloved, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, you explain to me what praying in the Holy Spirit is without praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. I, I, I can't tell you. Maybe inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but I, I can tell you this. It'll build, it'll stimulate your faith. It requires an element of faith on our part because our minds will argue. Now, here's something I, I can just tell you. Some of you have been filled with the Spirit, and you're like, Alan, I, I just, I'm, I'm afraid I'm making something up. I, when, your mind will tell you that. We don't understand. Your mind likes to be in control. And so you start praying in the spirit and your mind's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't understand. What are you doing? And so you just had to tell your mind, shut up. We're, we're going to do this. And, uh, and, and, begin to, and just begin to pray in the spirit. But it requires an element of faith to it. And so I, rem I remember when I first started praying in the spirit, the Bible said go in the closet. Uh, you know, when you go into your closet. So I would go in my closet, had a little tiny closet, and move my clothes out of the way, and I would just kneel down and pray in the Holy Spirit. And the and, and <laughs> Holy Spirit said, you're making all that up. I said, you know, it's funny. The enemy never told me I was making up anything until I got filled with the Spirit. And so he'll try to, he'll, he, the enemy loves to lie to people in this area. Why? Because if he can stop you. So many people have been filled with the Spirit. They spoke in tongues one time, and that's all. And I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be that way. You can, you can be, and you can, you can have this operating in your life all the time, charging yourself up all the time, praying in the spirit all the time. It just, actually for, for us, Joy and I, we laugh. It, it's just become part of our life. Our kids know it's part of their life. They would wake up in the morning and mom's in her prayer chair, praying in the spirit. That's some of their early memories is the mom, mom praying. My whole family gets together and pray. We get all the, all the kids and their spouses and we get together sometimes when we go on family vacations, we list out prayer requests, we pray for those prayer requests, and then we all pray in the Spirit as a family. That's a blessing. Amen. You know, families that pray in the Spirit probably have a little bit less drama. I mean, if that's all drama we've got, I mean, we, we're praying in the Spirit. And just all of us. And say, so, well, even Matt? Yes, even Matt. But I just saw him wearing a skirt, but he still prays in the spirit. That's, that's, and that's a costume. So the idea, the idea, and, and the reason I, I keep talking about this is because the enemy has, has hit this area so much and tries to cause so much division 
in, in this area. And guys, it's just not worth it. Because why would the enemy want to stop this? Because it empowers you, because it empowers your prayer life, because it enables you to, to live. Now, now, I've got a caveat. Alan, I know people who are spirit-filled, and they're horrible. They live horrible. They're mean and horrible, and they claim to be spirit-filled. Being filled with the Spirit is not going to make you a super-Christian. It does not automatically just clear out all the, the negative things in your life. You still have a responsibility to do that. But he can help. And if you're stronger spiritually, your ability to resist and to say no and to live stronger is there. So the stronger you are spiritually, the better off it's going to make you. And the better off it's going to help you. So you say, I'm just trying to sell this. That's exactly, exactly what I'm trying to do. Because I know how much it's helped me. And I know how much it's helped Justin and Philip and Ellen and my staff. And we get together and we pray for you guys. And we pray in the spirit. And I know how much the Lord has blessed and helped this church. And how we made it through a pandemic. And how we continue to see people come. And I'm telling you, part of it, part of it, is we have a powerful prayer ministry in this church that's praying for you, that's praying for your family, that's praying for people we don't even know yet. Joy and I prayed for you before we ever knew you. We told the Lord, you know who they are, we don't. We're going to pray for them. We just prayed in the Spirit. So you're like, well, I don't like that. Well, I just prayed for you in the Spirit before you ever showed up. So you say, well, what next? Well, next, we're going to line up our staff here. If you'd like to come receive, just come receive. If you want to wait, I'm going to talk about it again next week. But we'll give you an opportunity. And so, I, you know, this is something that will bless you. It's something that will help you. I recognize it's something that maybe some of you have never heard before, haven't been taught before, but that's why I like to give you a lot of scriptures. It's not just what I say, guys. What do the scriptures say? And it's the scriptures that make all the difference in the world. That's what you have to have. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the privilege of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, immersed in your power with the ability to pray and the ability to build ourselves up. What, a, what an awesome privilege that is. Father, for everyone here tonight who's hungry for more, I thank you. It's so easy for them to receive, and I thank you that they can. But Father, I also thank you for those who are here tonight who don't know, even know you. And I know that's important. That's the most important thing. So, Father, thank you that you continue to work in hearts and work in lives. We give you all the praise. Heads are bowed, knives are closed. If you came this evening and said, Alan, I don't know about the Holy Spirit stuff, but I don't even know if I'm right with God or not. I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus or not, but I want to. Or maybe you're like I was, I raised, knew the Lord, and got away from him. And you're sitting there tonight going, I am so far away from God. Maybe you're watching online, you're thinking, man, I, I used to walk close, but I'm far away from God. God, I, I don't want to live this way. I want to live close. We're going to say a prayer. We're going to say a prayer in here. We're going to say a prayer if you're watching online. This is, this, this is a wonderful prayer. It's for you. But if that's you that I'm talking to, all I'm going to ask, I'm not going to have you stand up or come to the front. All I'm going to ask is that one thing. Do you slip your hand up and say, Alan, that is me. Would you guys pray for me? I, I want to know that I know. Thank you. Thank you. You slip your hand up. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Say, that's me. Appreciate your honesty. Great. Wonderful. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand and you wanted to, you can jump in on this prayer. Pray it out loud. This is a heart prayer. If you're by yourself, if you're by yourself watching this online, pray it out loud so you can hear it. If you're with others, pray it quietly. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior.
I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. Thank you, Father, for those every time we get together, every time people come to you and come back. And we are so grateful for that. Thank you. They have come from darkness to light. We rejoice with them as heaven rejoices. And we thank you for the wonderful plans that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.